we believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. This story is about the end of our journey if we live a, a long life. This is about the end of our journey. And many of you know this firsthand. And I look around at some of you, and I know what you've lived and been through. And I know what you've gone through, and I've been there with you, and you know what I'm going through. And what happens as you get older is you lose freedoms. You lose the freedom to drive. You lose the freedom to uh, go to a restaurant of your choice. You lose the various other freedoms to eventually use the freedom to be able to bathe on your own and go to the restroom on your own, and you lose these freedoms. And if you have a fall, you lose those freedoms and you go to a temporary assisted living where you hope to regain those freedoms so you can go back where you were in a better situation. And if you can go to the bathroom on your own, that's a really big deal in this journey of life at this point in time. In fact, I said to Jennifer, I wonder with Jacob, like how did you handle like the hygienic stuff with elderly back then? I mean, there's rows of adult diapers at CVS. You've never seen them. And we live in a great time. But what did you do with Jacob? And what kind of nursing? By the way, you know that this is the number one business to go into right now is geriatric care. You know that, right? Because the baby boomers are the largest population ever to go into this range. Millions of them. So when I see Jacob rising off his bed, I can picture other people I've seen in a similar situation rise up on their bed. But when they rise up from their bed, what did he say? He just says, God Almighty appeared to me. He's testifying of his initial divine moment with the Lord. He's testifying of what went forward at the Greg Laurie crusade when he prayed with the teacher in the children's ministry. That's what he's testifying of. God Almighty appeared to me and lose. So the grandkids are like, Right? You can picture this whole scene. It's powerful. This is the end of his life. In the midst of this chapter, he says later on in verse 11, uh, Jacob, that is Israel, says to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has shown me your offspring. Which makes us think of Ephesians 3.20, that God is able to do above and beyond all that we could think or ask. It's more than he could ever hope for. It took his breath away last week, right? His breath was taken away. <gasps> Joseph lives. It took his breath away. Later on, he's going to say to his son, plain and bluntly, I am dying. So that's the context. Now, Joseph comes forward with the sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and it says in verse 15 that Jacob, there is on this bed, he, he's on the bed, and he blesses Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads 
Let my name be named upon them and the names of my father Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn, but your right hand is on his head. But his father refused him and said, I know, my son, I know. So you can picture this, get get your hands off me. I know. And he also shall become a people, and he shall also be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become as a multitude of nations. And so he blessed them that day. By you, Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. Which is a story we don't know anything about. On his deathbed, he goes, Hey, I, I had hand-to-hand combat with an Amorite. So for Mr. Tent Dweller, it's quite interesting to hear this little detail at the end of his life. You never know what some old people might say at the end of their life. When we were at Sunrise Facility 10 years ago, the guy I was talking to had a, a heavy German accent. He was a German Jew. Fascinating man. Came to America after World War II, built this business, and did very well. And we were having a talk, and I said, well, what was it like? And, and what was it like getting out of Germany? He's like, he said, he told me all of his family perished, and he goes, and he said, he looked at me, he goes, I killed Nazis. I killed lots of Nazis. You never know what you're going to hear from someone on their deathbed. So this is the story of the end of the road. For Jacob, Israel, Prince of God. From heel grabber to prince of God. This is the story of his last day, if you will. Now, in chapter 49, he prophesies about the 12 sons. But that's almost like a parenthetical thought to this chapter and the buildup to this chapter. Now, what's amazing about this text is as Scripture interprets Scripture, the book of Hebrews 11, here we go again, Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, Jacob is in the hall of faith. Now we know Abraham's there, Sarah's there, even Isaac's there. But Jacob's there. And he's not there for any of the adventures that we read about for Jacob that we've read about for many chapters in the book of Genesis. He is in the hall of faith for this day and this record. It is this conversation that the New Testament tells us he is a hero of the faith and he's in the hall of faith because of what he said this day. We are told in Hebrews 11 that he stood, he got on his staff and he worshiped the Lord and he prophesied concerning the sons of Joseph that they would in fact become everything they became. He prophesied concerning in essence, their future. Hebrews eleven twenty one says, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. And by the way, the next verse of Hebrews sets us up for Joseph, 
where it says, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and said, make sure you bring my bones when you leave this land and take them back to Israel. So we see the perpetual generations of faith flowing from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph and even Joseph's grand, uh, Jacob's grandsons, Joseph's kids here, Manasseh and Ephraim. We're told one generation shall proclaim your praises to another. And this is the legacy of the people of faith in the Old Testament and the fullness of faith through the church of Jesus Christ for who we are this night gathered in Jesus' name. Now, when we think about the end of the journey, and it is the end of the journey, this last frame grab is Jacob's moment of great faith. And I've said for years that our last breath is our greatest step of faith. Because for all the times we need to exercise faith, the bills are going to get paid, we're going to get in the right college, uh, we got let go, we're going to get a new job. All the times... You know, we've had to exercise faith. Our, our, our wife's been diagnosed with cancer. Our husband's been diagnosed with cancer. All the different times that you might have to exercise faith, our faith is always directed at Jesus Christ. And we're called to live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it would stand to reason as we go from, you know, in Jacob's case, 100 years to 130 to 147, from Israel to Padamaram back to Israel, to Egypt during a famine, that each of those seasons is designed to stretch our faith and to increase our faith. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the object of our faith. We don't have just faith in faith. Like faith in what? Like electricity or something? We have faith in Jesus Christ who holds the universe together and knows the hairs on our head and every detail of our life and we're created by him and for him and held together by him and in him we move and live and breathe and have our being and exist in him. He's the object of our faith. We exist. He is the potter. We are the clay. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, but thy will be done, Jesus said to the Father. And in Psalm 18, David said, the word of the Lord is proven his word is perfect and his will is perfect and is a shield to all those who trust in him. And so Jacob's greatest moment of faith is his last moment of faith. His last moment on earth is faith in this context. But because we're trusting in Jesus Christ to raise us from the grave and to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord and we're going from glory to glory as we're told in 2 Corinthians, we need to understand that every experience that we go through in our life is designed to take us to another level of faith. Or as Pastor Chuck used to say, the difference between a rut and a grave is only depth and width. We can't settle in a, a, a rut. Or as it says in Jeremiah, that Moab has settled in its drugs and, and has not been poured out from vessel to vessel. See, the Lord has to pour us out from vessel to vessel. You know, Canaan, Padamaram, Laban this, Laban that, the girls this, and then back to, you know, the mountains of Gilead. And then Esau's come and poured out from vessel to vessel. And Shechem poured out from vessel to vessel. Joseph's gone, vessel to vessel. See, God has to pour us out from vessel to vessel to keep us living by faith and to strip out the flesh and the pride and the religion and the carnality and the selfishness and the self-confidence so to be less of us and more of him. And thus we're being transformed from glory to glory. So the beautiful thing about Jacob's life here is his faith has expanded in the final chapter. It is not retracted. Now, we see many kings in the book of Kings and Chronicles who retract 
and they become old, sluggish kings. And they don't fulfill their ultimate purposes. Very rare is the king like Hezekiah. And even he got choppy in that last 14 years, right? How about Josiah, though? Man, but he's a younger king, right? He died before he was 40. We want to get stronger in our faith. Though the outward woman's perishing, the inward woman's being renewed day by day. We need to reverse engineer what that finish line looks like and who we want to be on that day. So when we face this day with our family, that it's our greatest moment in Hebrews 11, 21. It'll be our Hall of Fame moment. So for me, I've always been using 2041 for the last 20 years because that's when I'm 80. The days of man are 70 by measure of strength, 80. Psalm 90. So I've just been reverse engineering 2041 for a long time. When I set my goals, the big picture goals are like, well, I always start at 2041 and come backwards. And that's a big presumption that I'll live to see 80. And it'd be a big presumption for you to think the same thing too, since tomorrow is guaranteed to no one. But who do we want to be? And since the last four years, I've hung out with the elderly on a regular basis in assisted living, memory care, lockdown memory care living. I see daily or weekly, I see the ending. And I ask myself, oh, how will I be in this situation? Bill, my father-in-law, is up here now. He's in memory care. We brought him up last week. We're very excited to have him close. He's generally, his disposition's joyful. And in that same work, because in memory care, they lock you down, right? Because you, you, know, you walk out and you don't know where you are or what you're doing. Jenny, is this my new home? I, I like this place. I like this place. Yeah, Pop, this, yeah, this is your new home. Yeah. Where, where do I live? In that same area, I, I've been going there before he came and since he came, and there's a woman there that, that will, you try and avoid her. She's mad. And she's always mad about someone ripping her off or something. And at first it was like, you. You know what I'm saying? Like, me? You. I'm not paying for that. You didn't do a good job. You did a terrible job. I'm like, uh, I think you got the wrong. Hey, nurse. I think you, and then, but you know, being a baby boomer and having a sense of humor, I'm like, I'm sorry about that. Because I watch my wife, how she steers conversations with toddlers and elderly. Like, because what you do, you steer it, right? You're not going to stop the river, you steer it. Jennifer's so good with steering conversations. But every time I see this person, she's mad, and it's always about money. Can I just give a suggestion to you? If you're in memory care, I hope to God you're not mad about money. Okay? You just don't know how it's going to end. What you're going to think, what you're going to say. Out of the abundance of a heart, does a man or woman speak? And we will find out who you are by what you're speaking. In independent living, assisted living, assist plus, or memory care. We'll find out. Time will tell how you lived your life and what you live for and what you're about. Time will prove it for me and for you. You come visit me, you younger people, when I'm in my 80s. Or even before, who knows? It's a sobering thought. And we need to reverse engineer 80 years and come backwards and say, you know what? If I want to be ready for who I'm supposed to be at 80 or 90, I need to really think about who I am today. So look at Jacob here. In this defining moment of faith, he says, he says, 
God. God. He starts his conversation with God. Look. He blessed Joseph and said, the first thing out of his mouth is, God. God. That's the confession of his life. God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who fed me all my life, God has been my provider, or as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters and pastures of green. God, God has been my, you, you grandkids, listen to me. God, who my fathers walked before, has been my, he's provided bread. What did Jesus say in the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. He is confessing that God has been his faithful provider the entire journey. God. God Almighty. God has been my provider. He's always been my provider. And God is my protector and defender. Because he says... Not only has he fed me and provided for me, he has protected me. He has redeemed me from all evil. What's the Lord prayer say? Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. When Jesus taught us, the church, how to pray, pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, God, hallowed be your name, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, as it was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now Joseph and these grandsons. Your will be done, because it's perfect. It's perfect. Give us this day our daily bread. But before we ask for daily bread, we get the perspective of who we're serving and who's got our back, God. And then give us our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, and we forgive those who trespass against us, which, of course, Joseph was beautifully exemplified in his story with his brothers, and deliver us from evil. Jacob says, he delivered me from evil. You know, it's really neat. If you, you can see the clips. The Billy Graham movie that came about a year ago has footage of Billy Graham when he's really, really old. And he's just there, and just like, you know, the gospel says, and Jesus, and it's, all, it's everything he preached all over the world for his whole life that he believed from the time he was 16 on a farm in North Carolina. He's reflecting on the past of God's faithfulness to him. The past of God's faithfulness to his grandfather, to his father, and to himself. Now, 17 years before, he said, I've not attained to the years of my father, and few and evil have been my days. But here he says, God has provided for me. God. God provided. He took care of my father's walk before him. He has fed me, and he has protected me. That is a testimony we want on our last day. Make no mistake about it. That is a testimony we want on our last day. Or when we say, we're dying, and we are dying. That's the testimony we want. In the present tense, you know, some people only talk about the past, right? Oh, back in the day, you know, you know, old school. and So he does bring up the past, only as a testimony of faithfulness, but in the present, look what he says. Bless the lads. That's present tense. He's in the moment. You know, we talk about being in the moment, not being distracted, being here and now, here and now, being in the moment, not being fuzzy. One of the things that makes my dad very enjoyable at 89, he'll be 90 in May, is my dad is pretty sharp. He'll tell you it's a nice day about 10 times if you're sitting with him for 30 minutes. Not a cloud in the sky, but it's Carlsbad, right? There's never a cloud in the sky in Carlsbad. You know, 
<laughs> so, but he wants to tell you like 10 times a day. 10 times in 30 minutes he wants to tell you. It's all present tense. How's Jimmy doing? Did Jimmy get a, get a job yet? Has Tim got a job? Um, how's Jennifer holding up? He's here and now. I like that. Jacob is in the moment. Bless the lad. So in the moment, 17 years before, he walks in and meets Pharaoh and he says, bless you. He says he blessed Pharaoh. And here he sees the grandkids. And what's it say? He blesses the grandkids. Bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. In other words, they receive the estate. They receive the legacy of faith. They receive the trust. If it's a relay race, we're passing the baton. It's, this isn't the four by 100. This is the four by like four by 400. You know, this, is a, this is a journey. And I'm finishing mine. And here's the baton, Joseph. Go. Clean hand off. Boom. Right? But it's not a sprint. It's not the four by 100. Leah ran the 4x100. That was a sprint. Hannah ran the 4x400 with her little legs. She's like, one time around the track, right? Leah's like, toom, 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 you know, quarter track. It's passing the baton. But he's in the moment pronouncing blessings. Don't you want to be blessing people on your last day when you're dying? When you pull yourself up like, God was faithful to me. Bless the people in the room. Don't you want to bless the people in the room? The nurses? The people taking care of you, helping you with hygiene, don't you want to bless those people? You're going to do something with those people if you live long enough. You want to bless them. You want to bless those people. You want to bless your grandchildren if you have them. You want to see them. And whatever's been wrong in the journey with your adult children and this and that and that, you look at those grandkids and you just go, Lord, bless them. Bless Velzy and Zippy and Clementine and the new boy whose name I can't remember because there's no name I can attach it to. If he said it was Tommy, I'd think of Tommy Carroll, the pro surfer, or Tommy Curran, my rival. But all these new names, I can't attach them to anybody. I don't know anyone called that. So, <laughs> Right? And then look at this last thing. Oh, it's so sweet. So he recounts God's faithfulness in the past. This is, this, is, this is crowning moment of life. He pronounces God's faithfulness in the past. He blesses the grandkids in the present. And then he looks at the future and look what he says. And let them grow into a multitude in the face of the earth. He's expanding the kingdom for when he's gone. He's expanding the kingdom for when he's gone. It's not like, oh, it's the end of the world. We're all going to get the plague and die. You know, no. He's expanding the kingdom. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's expanding the kingdom. Grandkids are great for this. Because you, you know, like, if you're looking at like one baby boom to another, like, dude, it's the end of the world, man. We're all going to, you know, it's the end of the world. It's the, it's the plague of all plagues. It's a zombie nation. You know, it's like, but you don't do that with grandkids. You're like, your grandkids got a future and a hope. You're not going to tell the grandkids it's zombie apocalypse. Right? I mean, that's just that what grandparents do. And if you do, God help you, you know. So that's not what grandparents do. It's like, it's like, oh, Zippy, the Lord loves you and has such a plan for your life. I have not seen nor ear heard those things that God has prepared for those who love him. Was he not faithful in the previous generations? Will not be faithful the same in future generations? Oh, grandkids are such a great plumb line to reel it in and not be a doom and gloomer, but to see an expanding kingdom. Let them grow into a multitude. They're going to become a nation. This proclamation... This prayer, this prophecy is fulfilled 400 years later. So I leave you at this. When you're on your last breath, it's not about you leaving. It's about you seeing a future and a hope for those that you're leaving behind.
Yeah, we know you're dying. And the sun will rise tomorrow morning when you're gone and when I'm gone. So look at the future and see them growing and multiplying and exceeding anything you've ever seen or done in your lifetime. Because that's what the eyes of faith see. And that's what the steps of faith do in their actions and priorities with life. Yes, God's been faithful in the past. And yes, we're blessing in the present, even on our deathbed. But I just love the and let them grow into a multitude to see greatness for the future of God's people and his promises in their life. That's who we want to be. Oh, I promise you blessings for that worldview. I promise you good conversation when you're 80, 90 with that worldview. This is the word of the Lord, and this is the will of the Lord, as demonstrated in his great servant Jacob, Israel, Prince of God. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.